How are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing all right. I had a I had a little blow up today, but uh, you know, it is what oh, it is. Blow up? Of what's what's that mean? Blow up? Yeah, I mean, I just was. I was ready. I I if I was ready to go. I was ready. To, I'm ready to. I'm ready to call it quits on this fishing thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been there many uh, times. I had some guy send me all these comments about how I didn't know anything. I needed to give up the sport that I was what? You know, all this stuff. And I thought, you want to know what? I usually don't let people like that get to me, but tonight it just, it just poked the bear. And I was like, you want to know what? I've never banned or deleted anyone off the YouTube channel. Today was the first one. Wow. So, and, and it was crazy. And you know what happens is it's just, I mean, I don't know if you ever get them. There's a lot of haters, man, that know that know more than me, obviously. Obviously. Have yeah. been in the obviously. industry longer than I have. Uh, catch bigger fish are just born studs, and that's perfectly fine. I have no problem with it, but, I mean, come on. It, the hate is just stupid. It's just stupid. It is stupid. What up, Chris Hill? Matt, Jeff, how you guys doing? Uh, it, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. Uh, one thing I do like about, uh, Randy Blockett, you know, he's that pro fisherman who's got, got a pretty good YouTube channel going now. Cause he's partnered up with fish the moment YouTuber. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he says is it does not matter if you're the most experienced fisherman on the planet or the least experienced fisherman, we can all learn something from mm -hmm. every single one of us. If it's nothing more than to learn what not to do, but yeah. there's always something you can learn and uh i i think it's kind of funny when certain people think that for whatever reason they have a monopoly on the sport or they have a right to talk about the sport um and no one else does i mean it, it's it's kind of silly really yeah it, it's just one of those things it just uh, i just it just burned my but I, at the wrong time that's that's the god's honest truth i've had like like you, I, you and i talked just we talk a few times you you know the amount of work that i've had to do recently <laughs> it is just like it, it's it's astronomical but uh hopefully there's a little bit of uh an easier path that is going to happen i should say i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon but probably not until after i cast yeah i mean <laughs> let's <laughs> Dude, iCast. Well, that and that's one of our our subjects today that we're going to talk about. iCast, yeah, if people yeah. don't know. But before we get into that, I wanted to. So, so I I watched. Of course, I'm always watching all your all, all your videos and giving them thumbs up. I don't comment as much as I do because I talk to you, so I don't feel like I should comment. But what's what's happening on the channel over the next few days? I saw you posted a video today. The what is it? BBM. Bass yeah, Bates monthly. Yeah, I did the Bass Bates monthly today. I've got a, a video coming out every day this week, basically. Nice. So it'll either be another unboxing video, or it'll be I've got a bladed jig video that I'm putting out. I've got um, I've got a big worm video that I sent to Monster Bass that should be getting published here fairly soon. Cool. But uh, this is cool here. Look at this comment from Chris Hill. Chris Flint at Gunnersville. He's a guide at Gunnersville. I moved down there a couple of years ago. He's good friends with Randy Howell. I have had him on my show before. But mm -hmm. Chris Flint and I fished a tournament together. I was his co-angler on uh, Lake St. Clair, and he, that's the boat that sank. 
If you go oh. watch that, if you go watch my video, the boats that sank, our boat sank. It was his boat. I was his co-angler. And my subscriber has gone down and now done a guide trip with him. Nice. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, Chris, did you did you uh, tell him that uh, that uh, I sent you? Basically, uh, he found out about Chris basically from the channel. So that's pretty awesome. Chris is a heck of a stick. He really is. He's actually a police officer, but he guides in all of his spare time. And of course, he he used to fish a lot of tournaments. I don't know if he's still fishing a bunch of tournaments now or not, but that's pretty cool. Just Chris, out of curiosity, Sea uh, Big Hill seventy five. How did you do? I mean, did you slaughter them? I mean, I how did you do? That's we should do a whole. I, here we go. We we were talking about this earlier. We should do a like a segment at one point in time about selecting the right guide. And where you go, how oh, you yeah. should do it, the ins and outs. Because I, I mean, I fished from you know out west to here, down here in Florida, like forty-two states, forty-six states, and I usually get a guide in at least one of those places. Mm -hmm. and, and I know how I pick them, but it would be interesting to see how everyone else picks them because. Yeah, it would be too. I've actually taken a lot of guide trips as well. And I've found this is a good topic to, to do a show on. Uh, I found that there's two types of guides. There's the guys out there that really just want to fish full time. And the only way they can make it work is be a guide. And they end up using your guide trip to fish as much as they possibly can without helping you get on fish. Yeah. Really, really annoying. And then there's the other guide who says, I got a customer here that I really need to take care of. Uh, you hopefully get that one and not, not the other one. Yeah. I mean, geez, I've had so many guides on the front of the boat, uh, back boat me, you know, they're catching all the fish. It's just like, what the heck am I paying you for? All right. Yeah, so he, I mean, he says they didn't get any biggins, but they got plenty of bite. They kept us on fish. I mean, Tucker dropped the ball a little. Sweet. I, I was just, uh, this weekend at the Bear Monday place here in Florida. So Bear Monday, you can only catch Bear Monday in Australia, but there's a place here, a farm here that used to, I don't know if they still do it. They used to have the Bear Monday that they would go to the Outback Steakhouses around the country. And the fishing is ridiculous, but it's stocked pond fishing. And I had the opportunity to take Thomas there and my nephew on Saturday. And um, I mean, they caught a couple but yours truly, who had 50 years of knowledge on the two boys, didn't catch one fish. Um, and it kind of really? it kind of bruised the the ego a little bit. <laughs> I and, did then you lose. Read, and then you read comments about how you don't know anything about fishing. And, you yeah. <laughs> and the end, I probably lost 18 lures. So Whoa. Uh, no fish and losing 18 lures. Mm -hmm. Woo! I hope those were free lures. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they were. I well, <laughs> maybe uh, one or two. Makes it, that makes it less painful, anyway. I think one or two wasn't. <laughs> maybe I don't even know to be honest. Uh, uh, they, they're just one of those. Uh, they're an awesome fish. They're like a they're like a freshwater, a super bass, but more snookish related kind of. Mm. And man. Uh, some of the people down there, they were catching. I know one guy, uh, my buddy Earl, he caught like 80 of them. 
I mean, he was just on fire, but he was on the other side of the pond and I, I was not, uh, I was not going to go over there. And like, it, it was funny. Every time somebody started catching them, like this crowd of people swarmed to where they were biting. And oh, I was geez. like, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not. But then, you know, in, in the end of the day, I was like, Hey Earl, can I fish next to you? And then, and then I was like, <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it's pretty it's good. It was one of those cool things. It really was a cool thing. And, and to get my 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 little man out there who just means, I mean, the world to me and my nephew who means the world to me was it was just special. So while could it have been better? Yes. If we could have had barbs on our damn hooks, it would have been great. But we <laughs> had to fish barbless. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do, you, what do you guys think about that? All right. Barbless hooks are supposed to be humane, right? Um. I, I wonder, I, I was telling Steve about this earlier, whenever I go up to fish in Canada, uh, they always tell us, uh, you've got to, you know, you got to crush all the barbs on your hooks or you got to use barbless hooks. And uh, I think to myself, man, these hooks are so darn expensive. I don't want to, I don't want to crush all the barbs, man. Uh, but they're really, really sticklers about it. Um I, I got no problem fishing uh, with barbless hooks if you're just out fun fishing and you don't absolutely have to have to catch them. But when you're paying a lot of money to go somewhere, man, that's that's kind of another story. I'm right there. I uh, uh, well, they they made it made it very clear when I came in. They said, "Look, we're using." 40, 50 pound braid and like 80 pound leader. And I'm like, I don't fish that, that stuff. I fish light tackle stuff. I got 12 pound power pro and I'm, I'm just putting it right to right to it. So I put on a, uh, I don't even know what the lure was to be honest, but I was like, I know they'll hit it. I know for a fact they'll hit this. I unbarred my hook. I made one cast. It didn't sit in the water for four seconds. And I set the hook and the fish came charging out of the water like four foot out of the water and as soon as he came out of the water the line snapped and i went i said to one of the they had like 10 guides around the pond i'm like i raised my hand i said i'm gonna need some leader please because <laughs> i was like if they broke i mean it didn't even take i mean it took less than five seconds to break the lead the, the power pro wow so i was like okay and i knew they had gill plates and I, you know I just wanted to be that stupid guy that, uh, you know, obviously doesn't fish and right. Right. Doing it your own way. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to do it my, my way. So, you know, I, I've been out West many times and, and, and when I used to go red fishing here in the lagoon, a lot of times I would unbar my hooks just because I didn't want to, I wanted to make it easier to get rid of, you know, to unhook a fish and I wasn't keeping them as is, but it's only been since I started really seriously bass fishing that I stopped unbarbing all my hooks because i was just missing too many fish that were just shaking their head and coming off so uh so when i went to this this place this weekend i was pretty much like yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to suck it up and bar unbarb stuff and but boy if i could have had a, if i could have had a barb i would have been i would have had more fish than anybody because i i got hit all the time and i was the only person that brought their own lures everyone else was using the same thing like a a jig with a doa cow on the end of it really and, really and i i was bringing swim bait city i brought every swim bait i owned wow i'm i'm 18 short or 16 or 18 short now but I mean, <laughs> how it is that's so, cool okay so why don't we talk about 
what we were going to start off. The Bassmaster Classic. Ba, ba, ba. Tell hey, me what hear your thoughts on this. Uh, well, I thought it was pretty awesome. I, I asked the question. I don't know if I asked it in this show or on my Saturday show, but I asked a question on one of the shows that if you could fish a tournament like the Bassmasters Classic, would you rather fish a really tough tournament where almost nobody was catching them, or would you rather fish one where everybody's on fish? And it seems like most people said everybody on fish, but I was saying I really think you have better odds if nobody's on fish because you eliminate a large portion of the competition. You might be one of those eliminated, by the way. Mm -hmm. But but if you're fortunate enough to actually get on fish, find a bite, your odds of not just competing but actually winning go way, way up. And that's what Hank Cherry did. I mean, if you go – if you watch the weigh-in and you listen to everybody talk about what they were doing, every single guy – I was flipping the bushes. I was flipping the bushes. I was flipping the bushes, including Hank. But what did Hank do differently? He also took that jerk bait. And he went out. And he went out by the dam. Yep. And that little little difference that he added to his to his fishing, I think, was it was the difference. It's why he won, quite frankly. I I I thought I was happy to see Hank win. First off, yeah, me too. Because Hank's a good dude uh, yeah. and a friend, so I was happy to see him. I, I I had a bunch of people ask me why didn't we put him in our top five and and you and i will probably agree on this the, yeah there's very few people there's only been three people until hank did it that have won back to back that's right so that rick Klon, kvd and of course our auburn boy yes uh jordan and hank jordan jordan lee and and then hank and and so you're right I, that was my strategy i thought about him i thought man he's a good stick he probably will do well there realistically what are the odds that he'll repeat yes you know so that's why i didn't put him in there yeah i mean we talked about him and said he was a, a, a i mean and really if you go look at his his resume in texas and so forth he hasn't really done really well in texas um but you get him in that 50 field and now he is he's except really no offense to the bass nation guys most of the Bass Nation guys don't are really good, really, really good anglers, but they don't usually make a big hit in the classic going against the pros who are pros for a reason. Yeah, um, I think, and I think it's less about fishing ability as it is a, a, the intimidation factor. Yes, I really believe they're like, oh my gosh, this thing is not just a fishing tournament. And there's so much hype around it and so media days and just so much other stuff that uh, you just kind of see it with the new guys. It's almost always this trend of they, they just burn out. Even if they even if they have a good day, they can't maintain it the whole tournament. Usually there there's a lot to be said about even though uh, Ken didn't think it was a big deal. You can't imagine like you, if you go to a regular elite series in in Eden Palaka or wherever, there might be four or five media people. There's four hundred media people at the classic. <laughs> yeah, and it suddenly, just, 
Suddenly yeah. you're a star, even if you even if you're the youngest, newest guy out there. At least you are for a couple of days. And and there's something to be said that you know when you start doing well, if you're a Bass Nation guy or whatever, the, the, you need to be able to speak to the media. But then you can't imagine the amount of requests that come to you because you're doing well. And then and and not and then it then it goes to followers to everything else. You you out of nowhere you become the biggest name in the industry during that time. And there's something to be said for the guys who continuously can do well and then um, and overcome all the media and the the spectators and all of that stuff that happened while you're there. So do you want to answer that question right there from Matthew? Yeah, this one I do want to answer. He's saying if you're just getting into tournaments, which is what he wants to do, what would you recommend? Getting into kayak tournaments first or boat tournaments? Well, uh, it depends on if, if you're talking about as a boater. Uh, if, if, you, if you fish kayak tournament, you've got to find the fish yourself. And um, there's advantages to that. If you're fishing a boat tournament by yourself, same thing, no difference there. But if you're fishing a boat tournament as a co-angler, uh, you can learn a lot, especially if you're a young guy that don't, don't have a lot of tournament experience, you can learn a lot about tournament strategy, uh, about managing water, about managing your lures, about uh, fishing certain techniques. By fishing as a co-angler, you can learn a lot of things that you can't teach yourself in a kayak. Um, so I, I would recommend one of two things. Uh, if you want to fish kayak tournaments, get in some local KBF type style uh, kayak tournaments. If you want to fish in a boat, try the BFLs. Hop in a boat and a BFL is a co-angler. It's only a one-day tournament. It's relatively inexpensive. I think 100 to like 150 bucks is the most you'd have to spend. And get your feet wet first. And then uh, the more you do it, the more you'll figure out what you prefer to and, and you'll start gravitating towards that. It's not, not like one is necessarily better than the other, but if you're really wanting experience, I'd probably try the co-angler route and try to throw in a few of the bass, the kayak ones that you can afford. I would say be a co-angler. I think you can learn, get your feet wet. You can figure out what, how, figure out you can learn different lakes and ponds or whatever. But I think going through the co-angler or even going through the Bass Nation and, and being an, a co-angler with somebody, you're going to get that knowledge and then meet the right people that you can, if you want to continue to move on and become a professional angler. Because there's being a professional angler is a lot more than just going out and fishing. To be a successful angler, you need to be able to speak to people. You need to be able to catch fish. And you got to have the charisma that people are, are looking and wanting to see and, and support. Absolutely. Catching and, you fish know, is the easiest part of fishing, of being a pro angler in most cases. Uh, it, you know, uh, when I when I was the marshal with uh, Brandon Polinick, he blew my mind. I really felt like I was a really good fisherman and that I knew a lot about fishing. And when I went out with him for the day, I was blown away with how he strategically managed every minute of his day. He literally 
had a plan for every minute and he had rods and techniques set up and lined out on the deck of his boat so that like the very first thing he did in the morning is he ran to a point with a jerk bait and he fished the point with the jerk bait and then he started to uh, troll into the cove and as he went along the edge of the cove he changed to a different technique and then as he approached any brush pile he pulled out a Cinco and fished it around the brush piles and then as soon as you get past the brush pile he'd pull up another rod and do a different technique he literally had a plan for every inch of shoreline that he fished mm-hmm. and he was super efficient. And uh, I was like, wow, I've been fishing tournaments, but, but the amount of preparation that he had, I mean, it was just, it just was mind blowing. So those are, those are some experiences you can get definitely by fishing as a co-angler or doing the Marshall thing too, if you want. I mean, the thing that sucks about the Marshall thing is you got to watch a guy fish all day long and you can't fish. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but it's still a learning experience. It's, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Being, being a co-angler and learning that, that stuff from other pros or other people is a good thing. And now there are times when you're a co-angler and you get stuck in a really crappy boat and the guy that you're fishing with mm-hmm. has never fished the same area that, that you're fishing. Yeah. Then it's a little bit, you're learning, you're both learning at the same time, but there's something to be said for getting that local knowledge or knowledge from somebody else. Because even I have, I've been out on the boat with, um, with what is his name? He's with the FLW or now it's big five Brandon something. And, and he, he was like, he, we got on Toho and he's like, we're going to go here and use frogs only. And I'm like, we're never going to catch anything. (laughs) And we got to the spot and he gave me a scum frog, and I was like, I didn't bring a frog. All I brought was chatter baits, and he's like, and swim baits, and he's like, we got to throw a frog here. And we got to, it was at one of the iCast cups, and the next thing I know, I'm catching fish on frogs, and I'm like, oh, I would never do this here. I would never do this yeah. here. But then he was like, well, you're never going to catch anything on that chatter bait. And then I brought in the biggest bass of the day, and I was like, <laughs> so he was like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, well, look, we learned from each other, and. Well, you're right about that. I mean, we're getting off a rabbit hole here, but I, I do want to share this one thing just because it, this is typical of what you of what a bad day looks like uh, as a co-angler. I, I fished Pickwick Lake and was a co-angler, and we were we had a late draw, so we were like boat 160 or something, you know. And it was ledge time fishing. There, there was nothing but the ledge bite going on for the most part, and this boater had been practicing all week. And he had a bunch of ledge spots waypointed, and he was going to hit. All right. So we take off, boat 160, and we go flying. And first spot, there's somebody on. He goes, oh, that was my spot. Then we go past another guy on his spot, another guy, another guy, another guy, another guy. Literally, for the first 20 minutes, we just went past boat after boat after boat that was already on his spot. Finally, we pull up to a spot, and he's like, I can't believe nobody's taking this spot. He said, I caught so many fish in practice on this spot. It's a wonderful spot. We're going to have a great day. So I was like, oh, all right, man, this is going to be great. So he pulls up to the spot, no fish on the spot. All right. So we fish it for an hour. And then he's like, they'll come. It'll load up. I promise it's going to load up. It's going to load up. It's going to load up. Two hours go by. Three hours go by. Four hours Mm -hmm. go by. After about four hours, he starts saying, listen, I think we should move but I don't want someone to steal this spot. I know they're going to load up. Spot. Yeah. I know they're going to load up and this is a good spot. And so literally we're in an eight hour tournament 
We literally sit on this single spot for seven hours. Seven hours. We do not catch a single fish. And then the last hour, he's like, dude, we got to go find some fish. <laughs> I'm like, man, it's too late now. So, you know, then we go, we go junk fishing for the last hour. And of course, by that time, you know, I, I might've gotten one keeper. He might've gotten one if we were lucky. I, it was a terrible day. And this yeah. is the kind of thing sometimes you, 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 that's sometimes the hand you get dealt. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's pretty, it's usually pretty good for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get back to the, the topic at hand. Classic. Now that people are texting me. <laughs> Classic. What was your overall, wh what did you think of the coverage? What did you think of the, what was happening? Did you, I guess, in my opinion, I wanted to see him slaughter it. I wanted to see the big fish yeah. being caught. I thought that Ray Roberts kind of disappointed me. Um, but I want to hear what you, I want to hear your thoughts first. Well, it could have been more exciting. Uh, you know, nobody was really on fish that well. Uh, Steve Kennedy was fun to watch and it was just tragic when he lost that big fish. And I was really pulling for Steve after the first day, you know, he's in first place. The second day he's still holding his own. And, uh, I thought, man, I hope he can do it. I hope he can do it. Uh, but no such luck. Uh, the coverage in general, I thought was okay. I wasn't, I, I thought the weigh-in kind of dragged out a little bit for me. Oh God, I mean, yes. You know, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know the logistics to make that work. It's a huge production, a huge undertaking, but uh, I didn't like the one part of the weigh-in I liked the least was the super six at the end or the fat, the amazing six or whatever. They basically, you know, stopped the weigh-in and then, brought the guys in separate doors. And the reason I didn't like it is I was streaming in my car at the airport waiting on my wife. And then, and I had enough time to actually see the whole way in if they had just continued, but no, they have to stop the whole way in. And then it took like 20 minutes for them to get set up and reset up and do this final six. And by the time that was all done, it was too late. I was out of time. So I didn't get to see I didn't get to see the final six, uh, you know, until repeats. It, it, it's just, they're just kind of annoying. Uh, but uh, anyway, overall, though, I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good production, a pretty fun show. Um, and uh, I thought the fishing was okay. I think the problem with the, the boat coverage is, you know, you got 53 anglers or however many it is. And, and of that, you've only got, a handful that are really catching any fish. So what can they do with the other 45 anglers that really aren't catching any fish? You can follow them around, but following them around, not catching fish. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? So, so, so I agree with you completely. I think one of the things, you know, when they start selecting these things, like Ken said last week, it, it really comes down to money. Whoever's paying them to go to their place they kind of go now yeah. they, they have to, they have to have a good fishery to start off with. And you start thinking Texas and you're like, this is great. But, uh, and I'm going to ask Hank to come on the show with us for sure. But one of my questions to him is, I, I wonder if he really thinks that if he could have done, if he would have won, if they had it back when the classic was supposed to be held in, in March, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which would be fun to see. Uh -huh. I think that I, I, I was disappointed in, 
in a lot of the coverage. Um, I felt like the stream wasn't really there. I felt like the the weigh-ins, like like I've been to six or seven, eight, ten of these classics and covered them. And and I know the the process of getting the guys on stage and how you know the backstage, all that stuff. But from watching it from my house, I was completely bored. I mean, I, I, I remember getting up and going and making like dinner in the middle of the classic weigh-in because mm. I was so bored with what was going on. Um, so, and that came down to, you know, there were a lot of guys that couldn't catch their limits every day. And there were really, yeah, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't a lot of, uh, like giant, I want to see the giant fish caught. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. see these two, three pounders, which is still a great fish. Don't get me wrong, um, but I want to see these stud fish come out of the water. And Ray Roberts didn't probably has them in there, but they're just hitting at the wrong time. That's what it came down to. So, um, do you think do you think it would be better if uh, Bass made sure that the classic was actually on a lake that we're all familiar with rather than one that you know i don't think have they ever even had a bass tournament on that lake no Ray just Robert? a just a tbcc uh texas bass class yeah matt, yeah matt heron won that didn't he yeah uh yeah i mean i've heard i've heard uh, a couple of different arguments one like the one i've heard is geez they're going to gunnersville again they've been to gunnersville eight times or however many times it's been yeah, but but Gunnersville produces big bags. You know, even when it's tough, there's a bunch of big sacks that get caught uh, at Gunnersville. Uh, or do you want to go to a lake that's not very not really proven? And you know, of course, they can't control the high water. It would have been interesting to see if the lake was down to normal level. If it would have been any better, I don't, I don't know that it would. But they all talked about the fact that the high water definitely hurt it. Yeah, the the high water. I think they found out that these fish were so scattered where normally they had you'd find something in the water and you'd be able to hit it and there'd be three or four bass stacked into that one area or that one stump or whatever. And then it came down to most of these spots didn't have the fish that they were that were there. I want like like this is horrible to say. One of I give monster bass hell for saying, you know, we're gonna put eight quality products in teach box and then i don't even know half the half the names but you don't put that you're the big fish big bass big stage and then no big fat fish come up i mean that just, <laughs> just dumbfounds me uh, and i know that's a it's a marketing thing that they're targeting versus major league fishing but i mean come on what was the biggest fish of the tournament there wasn't a double digit fish right it no, wasn't I think like eight, eight pounds or something pounders was was the big one yeah, um, you know there's got to be double-digit fish in, in that lake, though. I mean, there's got you would think. I mean, it's Texas. It is, but not not at this time in Texas. Yeah, I mean they've already they're they're already way past post spawn at this yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, sure. So there's you know, you know they were just it just seemed like. Well, what do you think? What do you think? Like, okay, take the classic that. Uh, um, Oh man, his name just blank blanked. Uh, Perch, Cl uh, Clifford, Cliff Perch. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do you remember that classic? A little bitty 
bags, little bitty bags that whole tournament. But it was winter time. It was practically it was it was freezing cold out there. Um, it was definitely pre-spawn, you know. So uh, little little bags. I mean, I've heard the argument. Look, you need the classic needs to be during the spawn. We need big spawning fish. And it needs to be one of these southern fisheries. It shouldn't be up north. It should, you know, big bass, big dreams, big fish. Uh, and that's where it should be and how it should be. Um, I don't know, though. I don't know what the right answer is. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. Cliff, well, the, Cliff Pace Booster, that's right, not Perch. I knew it. Yeah. They'll never have a, a classic in the upper states when it's freezing cold that was the years ago at the one i was with palanick it was seven degrees outside and yeah. they would go into pockets and it would be completely frozen over yeah so they're they've made that mistake because they weren't getting the the crowds because it's just it's too cold to go out there and the anglers are complaining about being freezing and yeah so there's they want to keep it in that March area, but I mean, really, you could go to Mar you could go to Texas in March, and you would absolutely, you would annihilate fish. Yeah. Um, but my question has always been, and this is an argument I've had with with cousin Ken, is why not have the classic at the end of the season, not at the yeah. beginning of the season? Have it at yeah, the end of the season. Saying, how about doing it in the fall? Yeah, It'd be interesting to see them all fall north. Do yeah. it. Smallmouth fishing and that kind of stuff. That St. Lawrence River, St. Yeah. Lawrence River in the fall. Oh my goodness, man! Jeez, or Champlain, or St. Clair, or the Thousand Island. I mean, there's a ton of amazing fisheries up there. That would be interesting. I, the one argument I've heard is you won't get the crowds up north like you do down south, and I don't know if that's true because, uh, I, granted, I do think there is a much bigger audience for bass fishing in the south but there's a lot of people up north that uh that really follow it too i don't so, know you wouldn't, you don't know it until you try it so knowing this do you know that florida ha is the highest amount of money sold in in tackle out of every place it was really? 8.6 billion dollars do you know what second place was no Texas, and that was two point three billion. Wow! So, and New York is is just barely in the one or two billions. But the is higher you go up, the more that the the less amount. So they have to they have to keep it in the South. They have well, to. Keep well, it for in the Florida, South. well, for Florida, is that no? Is part of that number saltwater tackle? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. It's, it's, it's everything. It's, huh? Yeah, it's everything. There's yeah, okay. there's just so much sold in the state of Florida that. And and quite honestly, they'll never have it at, at Lake Toho. They'll never have it at Lake Toho. We don't need we don't need the thirty million dollars that it brings in. I know that sounds horrible, but the the rat revolves everything here in in Central Florida. Mm -hmm. The the mouse does everything. If it if it doesn't coincide with the mouse, then you're really not doing anything. Mm. Um, so why take away? Why bring in all these anglers and people and stuff when? generally and give away a million dollars of of stuff when Flo uh, central florida um is it's always packed with people i mean now i mean it wasn't last year with covid but i mean honestly when when the third everything buddy, revolves around mickey huh 
Yeah, everything is making me. My buddy works is the executive uh, chef at Boathouse. His his restaurant does forty two million dollars a year. It's all based on tourists. It's the third yeah. highest restaurant in the country. And so, well, that I mean, tackle number kind of makes sense when you think that that of the fifty states, uh, there's only one state that is actually surrounded by water more than Florida, and that's Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, literally, al- almost the entire state of Florida is surrounded by water. Yeah, our, our fishing is, I mean, saltwater fishing is amazing. Our bass fishing, I mean, the more you go south, the better the fishing gets, and the, and the stupider the fishing gets. Because quite honestly, you start going south, and people don't bass fish. They yeah. saltwater fish because mm-hmm. there's saltwater mm-hmm. fishing amongst what everyone might not like to hear. Saltwater fishing is a lot. The fish fight a lot better than the green turds <laughs> that just roll over after two seconds of fighting. <laughs> That's yeah. the truth. And if you've never caught a redfish, if you've never sight fished a redfish and cast it to a redfish, watched its tail come up, eat your shrimp or whatever, set the hook and then watch it scream away from you one or two times you you haven't lived it's it's a and not even that is not even going for a bonefish is ridiculous fight and then you're like okay do i i mean because my first love to be honest is is all about saltwater fishing i love saltwater fishing but there's a convenience to bass fishing so i do it more often mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, i don't have any salt to fish in so yeah yeah. Now I I will listen to another podcast. What what is your thoughts on some a lot of major league fishing guys didn't attend the classic? What do, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, now um I I'm kind of surprised by it really. Like I noticed that KVD showed up the last day because I mean, well one, the classic overlapped with the major league fishing tournament that KVD won. So they, they couldn't be there the first day or two anyway, right? Technically, yes. Um, That's practice they couldn't make it to. Okay. Then the second thing is, well, uh, the Classic is a BASS tournament, and none of them are associated with BASS anymore. Um, but what I've always thought is they've all got the same sponsors, and the classic has to be really important to these sponsors. And so I would think as a spot, you know, I'm trying to think from a sponsor's point of view, if I were a sponsor paying a guy a lot of money to represent my product anyway, I would want him to be at ICAST, which is huge, and the classic, which is huge, and kind of represent my product. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect them to be that excited about the tournament itself because in theory, it's their competitor now that they're over at Major League Fishing side of things. Um, but that's an outsider's perspective. You're an insider in the industry, so uh, your perspective is a little different, right? Yeah, I. I as much as people aren't, isn't there are going to be a lot of people that don't like this. If I was in Major League Fishing, I wouldn't send my guys to Bass. I agree with you that they should be there because their sponsors are very important and and being part of that whole atmosphere of the classic is extremely important. But 
having Kevin Van Dam and Jacob Wheeler and all these big name guys that are on top of the game right now going over to Bass and being part of their their event just boosts up the Bass. It, it boosts up the the expo. Um, and I and I I can as as much as I hate to say that I really hate to say that I can see why years ago Boyd said that he wa- didn't want those guys going and they had they, their goal was they were going to have a tournament right on top of this tournament well this one they end up having on top of because COVID and Bass changed it to last week but I can understand I can understand why some of the guys didn't go do I like that they didn't go no because Bass is still the king it is the king of all of it and we haven't you want to be really when we think about it we've never even had a red quest red crest expo after three years now that that says something yeah so we don't know if they'll ever have an event that's that'll be like the classic you know the other thing the other thing too is i think from a fan's perspective I don't think most of us care whether the pro is in major league fishing or BASS. We just want to see them. You know, we want to, we want to interact with them. We want to have an opportunity to go, go to an event and see them all. We wouldn't even care if they were at the classic and they're all wearing all their major league fishing gear. It wouldn't bother us at all. Now they were, they were, they were wearing their major league fishing stuff. Yeah. That doesn't bother the fan. We just great to see them, you know, uh, but I do get this is a business, and these two are compet- they're major competitors competing against each other. So it does absolutely make sense that uh, you know a, a lot of anglers just don't show up. Yeah, I I I think the anglers should show up. I think it helps the sponsors. Um, the problem is, is that you know, like uh, like we found out last week. I keep re- referencing cousin Kenny. Um, that, you know, the, most of these guys don't go to the classic to see those guys other than Kevin Van Dam there, you know, if that's still 3% of the people that walked into that tournament n- wanted to go see Kevin Van Dam at the same time, I bet you there were a lot of people going, why the hell aren't you fishing? Because they don't know the difference between bass and major league fishing at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. They'd so, say like, he's not fishing the classic. How yeah. can that be? How, how did you not make it? And and I bet you that was I bet I bet you there were more than one one person that said that to to KVD. And I bet he was like, "Do you not know that I'm fishing another?" And he probably had to explain it. And he probably probably put on a smile on his face and was all right with it. But I bet you in the back of his head he was like, "How do these people not know where I went?" Because that was the that was what people were more worried about when Major League Fishing and Bass broke up. They were like, they everyone was like. What's going to happen when people go to Bass and look up anglers and have no clue who all these guys are? And and all these big names went to this other thing. So, you know, there's – I think they – as a fan, I think they all should have been there. As a business person, I can understand them not being there. But, you know, the the Classic is the biggest event in all of fishing. And it it really kind of hurts to think that Kevin Van Dam and some of these guys or Jacob Wheeler will never win another classic. And that's where that's yeah. really where it, it kind of burns your ass. You know, you're like, 
yeah. okay, we need to do something about this. Uh, I think that's why old Mark Jeffries uh, at Bass Talk Live is always talking about this tournament of champions. But it's the whole, it's the exact same principle you're talking about. Why would these major league fishing guys want to go and fish a BASS tournament of champions? That makes no sense at all that they would ever want to do that. Uh, the, the only way it could ever work is if they both entities came together and said, we're going to create our own mega tournament. Uh, I do like the idea of he, he was kind of comparing the difference between in football, you know, in, in the NFL, you have um, the two leagues um, that basically were separate leagues. You know, it used to be the American Football League and the National Football League. And then and they were totally separate basically competing entities. And then one day they merged. And when they merged, they were all able to have their Super Bowl and uh, crown the, the crown jewel champion. Well, you got two totally separate leagues there. Most people would agree they're not even on the same level. But you can't even settle that argument because you, there's nothing out there where they can compete against each other and prove who is the ultimate champion, you know? In so in, in in my opinion, so I played baseball and basketball all the way up to up into college. So as a competitor, I always wanted to put myself against the best. So like a one of those tournaments that you were just talking about, the best of the best tournaments, for me, it didn't it wouldn't matter if I was major league fishing or FLW or bass. If I was one of those top guys, I would want to put myself against the best people, against the best field. Yeah. And if there could be a way to put that together as a competitor, I think some of those guys will be like, look, I want to prove myself yeah. against those guys. Yeah. And I think that's, in my opinion, that would be the way to get some of these guys to say yes to it. Say, look, we're going to put up this amount of money, but you want to know what? Let's let, put your money where your mouth is. So don't, don't, don't do the sheep thing or whatever Hunter said, Fletcher said years ago. Let's put up or shut up. Yeah. Come in, in, in here as a competitor, no hold bar, and let's see, let's see who let's see who's who's the best. And that's I what think, I want to see. And and quite honestly, if someone could do that, oh, I'd be all over it. I would be all I that think would be the biggest thing would. over the classic. Yeah, we as fans would eat that up. Exactly. We love it. Wouldn't it be awesome to see the top, let's just say the top 15 anglers from major league fishing? Go against the top fifteen anglers in bass, and then go against the top fifteen anglers of. Uh, throw NPFL in there. Put the NPFL guys up there, because man, wouldn't it be awesome if like some guy from the NPFL, which has no name, just walloped everybody? I mean, yeah. that would make a great story. Yeah, that would be fun. It would really be fun. Yeah, but, uh, my buddy. My speaking of that, I've got a buddy that I fish with a lot, and and ever since Major League Fishing started, he said, "Man, I wish this was before the Bass Pro Tour all got involved." But you know, back when it was just kind of like this this competition where you're you're fishing these stages, uh, he, he said, "Wouldn't it be awesome to if they had a Major League Fishing tournament where they put just an average Joe in the mix fishing against the pros?" And just see, you know, just just what 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 it would be like if he actually beat these guys. Uh, yeah, he he wouldn't win, but he it would be f like. So I don't even know the guy's name anymore. Years ago, when I think it was the year Edwin won, there was one of the Bass Nation guys came in on day two, 
and he flat out killed everybody. Now he was low in he 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 caught like a thirty pound bag, and I and you know the media is all everybody's rushing around him to, to ask questions, and I wait till he's done with everything, and I walked up to him and I just said, "How does it feel to kick all these guys' asses?" And he literally stopped. He couldn't answer the question. And it was so funny to me that he 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 just he was not prepared for a crazy question. And uh yeah. of course he did not have a good third day, but still he had a second day where he just lunged from the bottom to the top and it was awesome to see. But it, it would be great to see to have some the average Joe or some Bass Nation guys that are really great anglers get that opportunity to fish against the best. But there's a reason why, you know, Jacob Wheeler is Jacob Wheeler. He he yeah. is the best angler on the planet right now. And, a, and as much as it, people might not like to hear this, a majority of the best anglers are on MLF. I mean, the named, they're named, they have a name brand because they're used, they're used to winning. They're used to being good in the sport. Yeah. While Bass has done a great job of getting newer, this new group of anglers in, there's still a lot of like, who is this? Or the best way to put it is, do you think that these guys would actually win if, if those 80 anglers left, didn't leave major league fishing? No offense to, to Bill Lowen and Frank Talley and all these guys. If those other guys were back in your elites, in the elites, you probably wouldn't win. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's something to be said there and, and that's harsh and I'm not trying to be ugly or mean, but that's the, tr that's the truth of the matter. Yeah. It, 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 uh, I mean, I, I still remember the day I heard 69 guys or however many it was 70 guys are packing their bags and leaving bass. And I was like, Holy crap. What? What? I, I just thought, I really thought it's over. BASS is done. Oh, don't, wait a minute. And, don't take that back. Dave Mercer right here and he might come choke you. Well, I, that's just what I thought. I mean, I, I, everybody I, thought that. I got to say, I'm amazed at what the BASS has done a tremendous oh, job God, yeah. of salvaging that whole thing. I mean, it, it's incredible. Not only that, like you and I have said, the numbers still show that BASS is still, they're still the king. They are the king by far. Even though I agree, they don't have the best group of anglers, but they're still, they have, they have done a tremendous job, but I'm telling you, I was scared and I, I'm not, I don't even have a vested interest, but as a fan, I was afraid. I was like, Oh man, I hope BASS does not go under over this thing. I hope they survive. I don't know how they can do it. I, I kind of even thought, well, what's going to happen is there's going to be Major League Fishing and FLW. And because yeah, well, <clears throat> almost, no, almost nobody left FLW, you know, I mean, there was yeah. a few. Bass had to do a drastic change. They had to start, get, they had to pay the anglers to stay there. You know that. Yes, yes. I don't know if the viewers know that, though. You might want to talk about that. Some. Yeah, but some people were offered over $100,000 to stay. I want I want, sink that in. Bass was so worried about what was happening. They, had, they, they gave out money and then also had to change their whole payout so that every, every time there was a tournament, an angler definitely got some money back. Yeah, yeah. Where Major League Fishing just said, look, come join us. 
we're not having at you know we're not supposedly having any entry fees and then they did this year um which but still the least amount of money to go in any tournament but we're gonna what do their tournaments cost now well you i think you pay five thousand dollars but you get 3750 back right away so it's like 1300 bass is you pay fifty five hundred dollars and you get twenty five hundred back so it's about three grand and the npfl is just five grand and then i don't even know that i think the flw is two or three or four grand too i don't even know that one so bass had to bass had to look back and go what have we done wrong what what made these guys out of nowhere just jump ship yeah and there was i mean there were thir- there's 13 owners of major league fishing and they came back and and, the, and when you talk to any of them they would say they're leaving because of money yeah. major league fishing was going to make them more money now has it i don't know i really don't know if that some of those bottom 40 anglers actually are making more money than they what what than what they would with elites like i i was i was very adamant of saying i thought like justin lucas brandon palinick i'd even throw in jordan lee i thought it was a bad decision for them to leave that's Mm -hmm. just me personally Mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with anything now i know jordan's I think fairly happy. I know Justin Lucas is crazy happy, but Brandon went back, but Brandon came back. And quite honestly, Brandon's been, Brandon's won two tournaments over on elites. So yeah. he's making more money on the elites because yeah. the competition level isn't as, as high as what it was on MLF. Yeah. So, it was a great decision on his part. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think Brandon's brilliant as is, but I think, uh, I think going back is a, a was a great idea, and I think next year when Hackney and Christie and Palinick and I don't know about Gerald Swindle, but you one of those three guys or one of those four guys is probably going to be the odds-on favorite for next year's classic. And and when you look at that, if you're Brandon Palinick and getting that having that opportunity to win a, winning a classic, that is that is it for that young man. So, and even Christy, I, I, I honestly, I think Christy is, I don't even know where they're going next year. Christy's a favorite right now. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and really I got the, I know some of the stats for, they sent this out today. So do you know how many people attended the Fort Worth classic? No idea. 147,192. Almost 150,000 spectators. The second largest uh, attended classic in the history behind the 2019 classic in Knoxville that ought to foe one that is that was the last of the supposed great classics since all of the guys left after that. 150,000. Let's just round up. 150,000 people showed up for the classic. That's pretty crazy. Wow. That's unbelievable. Now, I can't really verify this. This now let me just state. I tried to look into this before we went on here. And I couldn't figure out these exact numbers. So what I'm about to say is a bass number. I just want that to be very clear. I don't believe this, and that's just me. Um I'm cuz I can't I couldn't verify it because of TV ratings, but Bass is saying that on Saturday morning, 1.6 million viewers watched the Fox broadcast. 
How many? 1.6 million viewers. Wow. That so I, does I, surprise me. I don't believe that. I don't believe that because when I looked at the TV rankings ratings for Saturday morning, I didn't see Bassmaster on the top 200. So I don't know if I believe that, but obviously that's what they're saying, and we have to take it take it as what it is. Why? I, why would they lie to us? Interesting. So, Booster thinks Booster thinks the attendance numbers are bogus too. Um, it, it is true that that arena looked fairly empty, but, uh, yes, I think more people go to the expo than actually go to the tournament itself. So that's what, that's where the numbers really come in. The, the more the, the majority of the people go to the expo and then watch bass track and then go to not, a, they, they probably only had 10 or 12,000 at the weigh-ins in my opinion. So, uh, you know, it's it's about the expo. That's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Clint agrees with you. No way those numbers can be right. For those of you guys who don't know, Clint Atkins is a major player in the PBR world. He's he's their announcer, and has been there like almost twenty years. He's he's yeah. an amazing cat. He knows about TV and TV ratings and numbers, obviously through his PBR career. So, uh. Pretty interesting perspective for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, they, it doesn't surprise me. 150,000 people showed up for the expo. That doesn't surprise me at all. I think people want to get out, especially with all the COVID that's happened. People want to get out and do something fun. It's outdoors. One thing that I was unhappy about the television coverage is like on the final day, they, they did have like four hours of coverage in the morning, 8 a.m. to noon. But the weigh-in's not on TV. You got you got you know. I mean, it, it, it's it's that kind of stuff. You're just like, okay, I can live stream it. You know, I can go on your your streaming website. But, dude, how can you not? How can you not? The final weigh-in when a dude's winning a three hundred thousand dollar check. How can that not be on TV? Uh, it's okay. because of that. They have to pay to be on TV. Yeah, I, yeah. I honestly believe that the the Fox Sports <laughs> One series that. The, the deal that they did this year has been a complete waste of money. I, 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 I can't find, I can't find any of the elites on the FS one bowling beats Bassmasters elites every, every time they're on. I know this for a fact. So bowling's fun to watch. What do you mean? Well, I, <laughs> yeah, sure. But I mean, if I'm going to watch something, I want to watch, uh, you know, I want to watch the elites, but I, I think the elites. Don't knock bowling, man! Come on, jeez. Yeah. That my uh, my friend Bradley friend is a bowler, so I'm not really a bowling person right now. <laughs> that was the guy that trashed me. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, I'm I, I, saying uh, 1.6 ratings on NFL. The Fox numbers is what. Even NFL is only getting 1.6 million. That that's. That's interesting. I know the NFL ratings have been way down. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I wasn't really because I did do my research. Uh, the God's honest truth. I went on and looked, looked uh, up the ratings for the weekend, and I didn't find them in the top two hundred. That's the, that's the God's honest truth. And it had every sports and all the networks, and uh, there was just too many other things that that 
I'll beat it. And I know most of those, some of the bottom 180 to 200, they don't even have 100,000 people watching those. Mm -hmm. So this is what they said. I mean, it, it's the press release from, from Bassmaster. There it is. So I'm only going with what they said. Um, right on, Mario. Bowling is cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's my boy, Mario. <laughs> So I think we all agree. I think the, the weigh-in took way too long. It always does. They draw it out. It's long, drawn out, and it's uh, it gets boring. And yeah. uh, they need to speed it up some and liven it up. I think that you know that has nothing to do with announcers or anything. That has nothing to do with any of that. They just need to roll those guys in just a little bit faster. But I know they do it because this is those guys' time to promote their sponsors. But quite honestly, everybody... Everybody that's there makes ten grand right off the bat. They're not paying for the tournament. They make ten grand. Anyone who's in it, so that should I mean. And they're getting hotels for free and all that other crap. These guys should just be. We don't need to have six hours of weigh-in. Yeah, yeah. So, did overall on a one to ten, what would be your overall ranking for the coverage, the winning? The tournament itself, what would be your one to ten rating? I'd still probably give it a seven. I think I'd give it a seven too. And that would be the top I would ever give it. I might go six and a half, six. It's um, still it's still the best fishing event out there. It is. I mean, so and and I really believe that. I mean, I look forward to it every year. I spend way more time and energy watching it than I do the other tournaments, even though I'm what you would call an extreme fan, right? Compared to the average Joe, I am way on the, the far end of the spectrum as far as big fanboy, but I still don't pay attention to the other tournaments as closely as I do the classic. I mean, yes. Yeah. So the classic is the Super Bowl of fishing. There's no doubt about it. Um, and you really, it, it's really, it's an amazing event. It's what every professional angler wants to win. Yeah, everybody wants to win it. So there's something to be said about that. It just, you know, it's too bad the money's not like it was, you know, half a million, a million bucks. Yes. Can you can you mention imagine a million dollar classic winner? Uh, I, I remember him being $500,000 and thinking this is life-changing money for the person. Yeah. Because some of these guys, you know, I remember when Randy won. I mean, Randy was just one of those guys that you know, he always was consistently good, and then out of nowhere, he wins the classic, and it's yeah. like you, you, he blows up. Yeah. And even some of the guys that, like, uh, years ago, Edwin Evers used a, a certain jig. I don't even know what the jig was. And he got on stage and talked about this jig, and the next thing you know, that company sold for, like, $7 million within six months because everybody wanted those jigs because Edwin did it. Uh -huh. Edwin uh -huh. won with them. So there's those there's always those good stories and you know I think it's the stories that we want to know. That's why to be honest, one of the things I'm that I'm I was really happy to do a couple of weeks ago was attend that NPFL because there all these guys seemed really appreciative of a media person taking time and in introducing themselves or talking to them and and I was just the the stories that NPFL has is what really is one of the things that I'm I'm really excited about right now. Have you seen any of the NPFL weigh-ins? I've never, never even seen one. I mean, is it, is it just like bass or how, how do they do it? 
yeah, it's 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 as close to bass as you can get. It's uh, you know, bring five fish up. They don't get the crowds that you that they want, but they're in their they're in their infancy of of this event, and hopefully they can just get through the the beginning phases of this and then just keep, continue to improve and get better. Um, so isn't there like one angler who's won already won two of the events this season? And yeah, uh, Scott Skulk up or something like that. I don't know oh. Skulk up. He's won two, and then Keith Carson won the other. And but there's there's a level of anglers. There's a there's a couple. You know, you always have your top tier anglers, and then there's yeah, yeah. tiers of it. Yeah. And so uh, John, his name's John Skulk up. John has a a really good opportunity to to maybe win one or two more. And I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Keith Carson in there winning too. There's just, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been thinking about thinking, you know, um, I watched Luke Duncan's podcast the other day when he was live at the classic and he had Jacob Prosnick on there and I would, and Jacob Prosnick said, I might join the NPFL. And I, my mind was just like, Oh my gosh, Jacob might win six tournaments out of eight. If he did that. Uh, and that wouldn't be a bad financial thing to do no it wouldn't be Uh, but it was uh he's he's leading right now on the opens in the aoi for the opens uh oh i'm glad to hear that i i really uh jacob is a really good angler i really like jacob prosnick yeah i i he you know he wants to he wanted to go back to bass two years ago he just didn't qualify uh-huh. And I thought they should have let him in instantly. I didn't think he should have to qualify. No, I agree, man. There's no reason why he shouldn't be in there. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway. well, you know, I, speaking of this, the, the two uh, two one million dollar FLW cups. There, there might have there might have been. I, I I know there was at least one. There was two. But you know, uh, that's really what bumped up the prestige of the Forest Wood Cup. I mean. For a while there, they were really, really neck and neck with uh, BASS as far as classic clout goes. Uh, it, it's a real shame that that thing just kind of totally fizzled out. But uh, that's the only thing that's ever even come close to the classic, though. I, I didn't. I've never felt like the FLW Forest Wood Cup was ever as big as the classic. Um, only because you can't argue with the million dollar payout though. Well, the million dollar payout. Yeah. But that's why they got sold to MLF because they were losing $9 million a year. Yeah. (laughs) So there's, I mean, by that time they dropped down to what was the last class, the last made $250,000. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the problem FLW had was FLW never promoted their anglers the way the bass did. They had yeah. great anglers on there, but they never were able to to push them to mm-hmm. the next level to make them mm-hmm. these star studs. They were just really, really great anglers. And Bass, Bass, I mean, Kevin Dam's a great angler. I don't want to take anything away from him. But it was the Bass magazines and the advertising and all of that that made KVD, KVD. Bass made KVD. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize just like the Bass Master magazine, I forget what they call it. Do they just call it Bass now? Yeah. That Bass thing has a, that thing has an incredible circulation still around the country. 600,000 uh, magazines. 600,000. I mean, it, it probably competes with some of the the most famous publications out there. I mean, there there's a 
most publications don't get anywhere near that kind of uh, a subscription nowadays with all the digital media everywhere. It, it, they're still, that magazine packs a punch and really there's a lot of eyeballs looking at it. The, uh, I, I Only because I'm unbelievably anal. <laughs> I I uh, and and I I haven't really talked about this at all. I have made it this year um, a point of making sure that I track bass versus major league fishing versus NPFL. And every month at the exact same time, I go look at a site that tells me the statistics of bass versus major league fishing versus NPFL. And I can tell you wholeheartedly. No falsehoods. Bass is double what major league fishing is. And that's some of that comes down to the magazines. You mm. can't, when you have that amount of people that are following you on in, in, a, in a time where nobody is succeeding on magazines right now, because the digital world is that much better. Bass still kicks ass with their magazine. Mm. They kick ass. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, their content's really good still. I mean, for the most part, it's very good. I, I really enjoy reading it. Um, I don't get the Bass Times anymore, but I used to really like it too. I think you got to pay extra for the Bass Times. Uh, but yeah, I think you do too. I mean, that that's one of the things when Major League Fishing and Bass changed, one of the things we realized was that Bass had the most loyal people on earth. It didn't matter that, you know, huge fans of KVD were like, goodbye, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. We're sticking with bass. And that's what we that's what we realized in all of this transition and all these things that happen between Major League Fishing and Bass. Bass's loyalty, the fans were un, are still insanely loyal to bass. They don't, mm -hmm. they will not go away. And yep. Major League Fishing is just trying to trying to do whatever they can to poke that little bear and not piss it off and try to steal a couple here and there. But yep. the problem with me that Major League Fishing has is that there's a lot of rule changes and 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 really there's still so many people that are so pissed off that these guys left that they're still having a hard time figuring it out. So I'm um, not really pissed off at it by any means. I think, you know, I've heard enough from the anglers to realize this is something they really needed to do. And it sounds like BASS really kind of needed, needed a good shaking, you know, yeah, uh, but Bass had to change everything. <laughs> right. They really did. And they've done it. They've done quite well on that, but uh, it is interesting to, to kind of see that, you know, you, like you were sharing with me, those numbers that, uh, recognition, you know, even recognition of KVD is so much lower than we think. Mm -hmm. And so just taking all of, of the well-known best anglers in the world doesn't necessarily get noticed by the average person that's interested in fishing, but not fanatical about it like us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and really the, the, the new kids that are coming in that love fishing, love the Guggen kids. And good for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Guggen fan person. <laughs> I met uh, I met Rob Turkola at the NPFL, and I mean, I told I told you this the first time I met him. He looked at me like I was a fat man in a little suit, 
<laughs> and then the second time we talked for a little bit and, but they, you know, they had to move him out and he was like, no, no, come see me. Let's do interviews, blah, blah, blah. But I just didn't have, I, no offense to him. I didn't have time. I would have loved, I have, I have so many questions for that young man. I would love to sit down and talk to him about just his, what was his thought process on, on, you know, how successful he is and he wants to jump in and try to become a professional angler. That is mind boggling to yeah. me. Because and it is very interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that. Uh, Speaking of the kids, do you really think the kids read the Bassmaster magazine? I mean, uh, when's that, when's that going to dry up? Because, you know, my, my generation, yeah, we'll read it. Uh, all the old timers will. But at, at what age do, does the magazine go away and just lose relevance just because nobody's reading it anymore? I mean, with newspapers and every other magazine now down to like circulations just, practically zero. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, bass, those, those people are still, are still going to subscribe. They're going to become bass nation fans or bass fans. I don't see it. I, my opinion, I don't see it happening anytime soon, but bass is probably thought about how they, they do it. I can tell you bass's website numbers are ridiculous. They're ridiculous. So, so there's a ton of traffic going to their website. Yeah, people are still going there. And this is a good question here. Uh, what uh, Bob's talking about is he talks about how all of these stupid rules like fish landing violations and things that they have on major league fishing. <laughs> what, what, what's your opinion about this? You know, I, I get you go first and then I'll tell you what I think about it. I hate the fish landing. I hate the, the two minute rules. I understand that they want to they want to catch the fish and put them back right away so that the mortal, mortality rate it isn't there. Having said that, if you go to one of the bass the elites, there's very few fish that die. They are they take very good care of it. They put that blue crap in the water. They put yeah. Uh, they put ice in the water. They do all that stuff because they don't want to take the penalty for the fish dying. Not only that, you go up north and uh, the, the way the, the BASS weigh-in guys, they're, they're fish care guys and their fish retrieval boat and whatever they call it. Man, those dudes are prepped and ready. And fish fizzers, man, they got the guys with the needles right out there and they fizz all the fish before they put them back in the tank. And they, they, they kill themselves to keep those fish alive. And I think the fish landing penalties are just an absolute joke because what they do is they're pretending to be fish conservationists by we're not going to let the bass touch the deck. You know, we're sparing it. I mean, give me a frigging break. That stuff is to it. That is pandering to a world out there that doesn't even exist in the real bass fishing world. And uh, it just, it's comical in my opinion to, to think that, a fish's tail touching the carpet is somehow going to harm that fish. It's just, it's absurd. You, you know that I, I can, I can talk about the other side of that. Go right ahead. There are, there are times when that's that slime on the fish. If it comes off the fish that yep. they, that they get, uh, yep. that, that they can get sick faster. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think there's studies out there, and I, I'm there I, are. I'm just guessing though. Uh, I've read stuff, but I can't give you the exact. Where they say holding a fish with your hand takes off more slime than the carpet would. 
Yes. <clears throat> I, I know that, and this isn't for bass, for sea trout during the winter, you do not want to touch them. You, I mean, they're slimy as is, but if you can, if you take off that slime off a of sea trout, it's going to, you're going to put it back in the water. You'll watch it float up. It, they just don't, they just don't survive. They can't survive. Now yeah, that has yeah. nothing to do with that. Bass is a whole different yep. thing. I, I think where you see the biggest difference is, is most people like seeing five fish come across the stage and seeing those big fish. I think that's the biggest difference between major league fishing and, and the elites. I think that's where, that's where everything draws down to. Yeah. Um, I think everyone can agree if the fish can survive, then that's great for us. Um, you also, it's, you also would be very, you have a very hard time trying to convince anybody that more fish are going to survive in a five fish weigh-in tournament than the major league fishing format. The major league fishing format absolutely saves more fish. It's a catch and release, a catch and immediate release. There's no doubt. Yeah. They're going to, you're going to have way more, uh, not mortality. The mortality rate on the bass side has got to be way higher. But we would never know if the fish died on a major league fishing thing, though. That's right. I mean, once it goes back in the water, we don't know what happens. That's right. And I'm sure it's look. Come on, fishing is fishing. Fish die. Yes, Uh, they die on major league fishing. They die for BASS. But the uh, a five fish where you, I mean, I've been in these tournaments where. You cat you have an eight hour tournament and the very first minute of the day and hundred degree temperature, you catch a bass and you put him in your live well and he's literally there eight hours. Yes. Uh even if you do everything you possibly can to keep that fish alive, he's stressed beyond belief mm-hmm. by the time the day's over. And, you know, I, I don't know how many of them die. Uh it's better than it was in the old days where they literally brought the entire stringer in dead. Yeah. You know, uh, they don't do that anymore. Thank goodness. So, so they've made a ton of progress. And, and and there's something to be said for those rules. But, the you know, the t- someone, I don't know, someone said it in the, the text that they, the thing that they liked about the two-minute rules, that the person, you got to see them be pissed off <laughs> yeah. at what they would talk about during yeah. that. Now, I have to. Well, what they ought to do is make it longer then. They ought to make it like five minutes where it really hurts. Oh, yeah. They, oh, God. Imagine some of those guys, uh, you know, like a couple of years ago when Edwin was on that tear, like every cast when he was catching those dink was one after one after one. If one of those would have dropped, uh, you know, it was one of those. He would have been unbelievably mad. I think the one thing that a major league fishing has going for him is the the score tracker. I'm always curious about what happens when you get down to that last 30 minutes. Do you start fishing faster? Do you start moving? Do you yeah, do yeah, this yeah. and that? Um, but I mean, well, BASS is doing a little bit of that now, you know, they're where they're weighing fish in on the boat before yes. they put it in the live well. And I, I like it. I think that's, I think that is, it, that's better for the fan to be able to keep track of how people are doing. And, 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 and major league yeah. fishing d- d- does a lot of things, right? I mean, their, their format is fun to watch. Yes. It's, it, it's very entertaining. Um, I would say that I, I just think some of their fish landing violations are goofy. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, 
the one thing you have to remember about major league the difference another difference between major league fishing and bass is major league fishing is meant to be a televised thing after afterwards that's where right. their major income is coming mm -hmm. up so so you know they're, they're gonna have different you know the, the everything is that, that makes everything so much different if it's just strictly supposed to be a television show because what they can do then is they can go to these non uh, endemic sponsors and say look at these ratings i mean major league fishing's ratings on outdoor channel and discovering those they're a majority of time they're number one so they say um but so that has a huge you know that brings in revenue that makes the fishing a little bit less expensive for those guys and makes the payouts even better Mm -hmm. the payouts on major league fishing are are is it's really that's the that's the best thing about major league fishing but still isn't bass man yeah i i i got to admit the the uh when the tournament's over and they award the fishermen the prize it's so anticlimactic it's just yes. like wah 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 i mean it, it <laughs> <laughs> the excitement is actually during the tournament. It's not at the end when they when they award someone the 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 deal, the the, the trophy, and they got to try to fix that. I, I I got you know I'm I got no suggestion on how to do it. But they need to be able to build drama, is what it is. Yeah, they don't and have any drama or surprise, and the bass tracker kind of is starting to har har harm. Bass. Bass, because you kind of already know. Well, and and, and really, the problem with Bass Track is that those guys don't tell the truth on what their fish are. And they're sandbagging. And that doesn't that hurts everything. I I I've told this to to Boyd and and several other the owners. I think at some point in the tournament on Major League Fishing, they need to turn the bass track off. I agree. And and not let the us audience the yeah. audience know what's going on because then we'll watch whatever comes down to mm -hmm. the the weigh-in even though you're not doing a weigh-in we'll watch that because we'll be curious on what happens but there's yeah, too many thing. times that you know you get like kevin van dam was past weekend i texted him congratulations the other day he texted me back we had a little conversation but i thought to myself he was up like 30 pounds or something does anyone think in 30 minutes he, someone's going to catch 30 pounds? It was a no. done deal. I yeah. think I texted him before the tournament was over. Congratulations. Yeah, and I, the problem with that kind of TV is who wants to watch second, third, fourth, and fifth anymore? Exactly. <clears throat> what did what does Ricky Bobby say? Second place is, is – First loser. First loser. Exactly. High kick. That's for uh, <laughs> Fat Cat Newton. Shout out. <laughs> so yeah, yeah uh, you know uh major league fishing bass i mean like we said it would be great for them to get together and and really boy duckett and gary klein tried to buy bass three times before they they split off major league fishing that's what yeah. a lot of people don't know and bass couldn't really probably couldn't sell because they had so much money wrapped into the ESPN stuff and still stuff like that, that the, the amount of money that they still were felt like the, the bass was valued at major league fishing was just kind of like, look, we can give you this much because this is what you're really worth. And yeah. they, they probably couldn't come up with the same amount of money that bass mm -hmm. thinks it was worth. Yeah. And that was where 
it came about because there were a lot of people that you know said oh i got i got a major league fisherman major league fisherman's offering me a job to do this this and this and that's bullshit they, they were not they went with a whole nother way of doing things and they didn't want that bass those bass people coming over you know talent wise right so, right yeah well that's an interesting conversation oh god we talk about major league fishing bass yeah. for six hours we really could. I mean, you could people could ask questions, man. I know so much about that. It's not even funny. Clint says okay. the owner of the Outdoor Network, Outdoor Channel, is a majority owner at Major League Fishing. He is. He's like forty-six or forty-seven percent owner. I mean, they had to get him involved because um, he. The, I think the owner is also the Seahawks owner or something like that. He's an owner of a football team or a baseball team, a basketball team, one of the two. I, I don't remember, hmm. but they they had to get that. I mean, you might not like Boyd Duckett. The pe- majority of people might not like like Boyd Duckett. Boyd Duckett's a damn genius. What he did and what he's doing still yeah. is second to none. Denver yeah. Nuggets. Thank thank you, Clint. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he has climbed the mountain. Uh-huh. And uh, he slayed Goliath, you know, uh, or at least he's done a heck of a job trying to slay Goliath. And, and, and really, for them to be able to purchase FLW, that was a, even more of a shock. I know it. I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. I, mean, I, I saw Boyd uh, at the ICAST months and months before that deal was done. And he was running down the hall away from me because I had so many questions that he did not want to answer. And, <laughs> and and truth be told, Boyd is one of those guys that if you ask him a question, he's going to – now, he might give you a full circle before he answers that question, but he is brutally honest. He is brutally honest. I've had conversations with him at the Classic while he was outside with his wife and, and other people and just sat down and – just strictly talked fishing and just went this guy is a this guy is a freaking genius and uh he, he's just a really amazing businessman too he so. absolutely is so this is an interesting uh question here uh you want to tackle that one so yeah this is this is one of those things that uh, they I, you can't answer this question at all to be honest james um they they must get some sort of special permit to allow them to do it. I mean, I didn't understand it when they did it years ago when they were at uh, in Tulsa, how they could take a bass like an hour in. I mean, I think it took me an hour and 45 minutes to get from the launch back to the to the weigh in. Um, and there's, you know, and then they would weigh them in and then they had to haul them all the way back. So it yeah. was like, okay, what's going on? It, yeah, I was the, at the Classic at Gunnersville, and, you know, they always drive from Gunnersville to Birmingham to yes. a, a arena there. And I'm like, I'm not driving all the way to Birmingham for the for the weigh-in, man. I'm staying up at the lake and just watching on uh, Bass Tracker or whatever. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know the answer to this. I mean, I, 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 don't I, don't, I could text it to Ken real fast and see what he says. Um, but I, I really don't know. I, out of curiosity, what did what was your overall feeling having cousin Ken on the show last week? We didn't even I didn't even talk to you about this, did I? Uh, no, I don't think we did talk about it. 
what, what did you think he was good? Should I, we, abs I absolutely loved having him on. Should we? Okay, so I guess that means we should have him on because I mean I took a lot of grief from him. I Heck, got my yes. butt handed. I don't. I don't care how much grief he gives you, man. He needs to be on. <laughs> Screw you, Chapman. More power to Ken, man. If, if if he wants me to pile on, I'll do it. If it'll get him on the show, he would come on anytime we wanted. You should know that he yeah. had a great time. He and I talked a couple times over the weekend because he he was he of course he did his points and he, supposedly he won the between the three of us. Oh, so he needs to come on and just talk smack about that. At yeah, least. yeah, yeah. I mean, if Kennedy would have continued to do what he did after the first day, I felt like I was a genius after day one. No, That's no. the God's honest truth. Definitely. But, you know, it, it didn't work out. Yeah. We should say congratulations to Hank Cherry. <laughs> we, we, I don't no think we've said that. Doubt. Congratulations, man. Double, doubles. I mean, I mean, it's just amazing. It's, it's amazing. And congratulations to Hank Cherry for sure. 50 pounds, 15 ounces. And uh, he spanked him, man. Yeah, it, was all, it was all about that jerk bait. Uh, How many of those jerk baits sold this week? I bet you can't find one of those now. I know. I saw a funny comment on something that said something like, one, one, somewhere, might have been on here. Basically, it said something like, Jerk baits only work in cold water, and then Hank Jer Hank Cherry says, "Hold my beer." Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, because jerk I mean, baits work everywhere. Work everywhere. Look at K you know how many times KVD has won a tournament with a jerk yeah. bait in the summer. Yeah, he's I mean, the king of jerk baits. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but uh, it was it was something to see, man. After day two. I thought, oh my goodness, Hank! Hank might pull this thing off. I know. He was already. Two, I think like, he was already five pounds ahead at the end of day two, mm -hmm. and a five pound lead on that lake is a huge lead. You want to? It was almost. If he could catch, all he had to do was catch five on Sunday, right? And, and it was it was done, um, because there were too many guys that weren't catching. You know, they were catching, like, Steve Kennedy only brought in two, I think, on the final day. Yeah, two fish. So that just shows you, you know, was it the right place to go fishing? I don't think it was the right place to go fishing. There was I think, a, there, I think there was, was a lot of good fish, but there weren't a really a lot of quality fish. I want to look at the results real quick. There was a lot of guys that only had two fish. I mean, really good anglers that, you know, that did not get full limits. Rats, this final day summer, summary here does not show how many fish they caught. Oh, you want to? Hold on. Mine might say it. I threw it away already. <laughs> Let me read the back of this thing. I mean, real sticks that did not catch limits all three days. Oh, no. Emily didn't put it in here. Oh, he, I didn't even realize. This ec economic impact for the week is expected to top... 25 million dollars yeah that's impressive so that's pretty cool john you're absolutely right hank cherry has sold a lot of jerk baits in the last two years yeah i mean he's out there at gunnersville fishing a jerk bait I mean, who, who would have thought that, that you, you'd win a classic at gunnersville with a jerk bait I mean, I mean, you know, 
It's like my boy when I go fishing with with Topwater Johnny. I keep telling him, "You got to put on a damn Cinco. Those things catch fish, man." <laughs> they have been known to catch a fish or two. <laughs> you know, it it, it was. It, I'm happy for Hank. I think that. Uh, I think that I wish they would have been in a different place, but you I mean you take what you take what it is. How about that? James has got the stat for us. Only five guys caught a 15 fish limit. Yeah. And none who made the final cut caught 10. None yep. who didn't make the final cut caught 10. Yeah, it was it was a tough fishery. Tough it was tough a fishery. tough, tough deal. Yeah. I, I bet you won't see another classic at Ray Roberts anytime soon. I bet you won't. But I bet you they go they stay intact. I I, I don't have any knowledge of this. I would bet that they stay. They go back to Texas in the next couple of years. They absolutely go places where they make money. They don't yeah. care how good, what the quality of fish is, especially yeah. on their regular tournaments. Now, maybe on the classic, it matters more. But you know, it's just like going down to the Sabine. The Sabine is a really cool fishery. It's really unique. It's it's interesting. But dude, you you're gonna catch nothing but two pounders and less mm. on that on that river system, and they keep going back there and they do that in a lot of places. <laughs> Topwater Johnny said, Topwater fishing or die trying. <laughs> that yeah. is that is he's his living, motto he's to living a up team, to, man. He's living up to his name, isn't he? Yeah. He oh man, that dude it, Johnny can topwater fish better than anyone I've ever seen. That guy, he doesn't put down a topwater. I'll I'll be right next to him throwing a worm. He will not throw a worm. I've tried to hand him my pole and said, look, use this pole with this Cinco. He will not take it. Well, he you will know, not take it. You know, there's some good worms like the cuttail worm that uh, makes a fine topwater yeah. bait. Yeah. I got a floating shrimp <laughs> that our <laughs> people are going to be shocked to see the fish I caught on a, a shrimp, a floating shrimp that catches bass. Yeah. James, you're right. If you're talking about the results keeping pressure off of uh, Ray Roberts, I don't think you got any worries there. Yeah, I don't think probably, so. Either. Probably not a lot of guys itching to go try Ray Roberts after the classic. I would be more worried about where Milliken went fishing and caught that sixty-three yeah, pounds exactly. than anything. That, that that's only going to hurt that that lake. Oh, that, out. that lake is going to get beat yeah. up terribly. That that sixty three or six whatever he caught was stupid. That was stupid. Um. So yeah, I'd more, more be more worried about that. Okay, can we switch topics? Right on. We can definitely switch topics. Next month is iCast. Right on. It is. Do do iCast is the. Uh, American Sport Fishing Association conference. It isn't open to. It is not open to the public. It's open. It's open to media and buyers. Give me the word. What is? I have. I have invited you. Yeah. To come down, stay at the house. Yeah. What say you? Absolutely, I'm doing it, man. Nice. I'm going. Yes. I have got to experience that. Heck yes. It's yes. Be a blast. Well, we'll have to we'll have to have a day, a morning fishing with Topwater Johnny at his and I favorite pond. Right on. 
you don't have to bring any fishing gear. I think between the two of us, we have plenty of crap that you can use. Just bring the Senkos, man. Bring well, t- Johnny is not going to like that. You're off the. You got to throw up. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> this place that we go fishing, he and I have kind of figured out if you throw a swim bait, a bluegill swim bait, they will just kill it. They I'm not even about- funny. I'm all about bluegill swim baits too, man. Heck yeah. Heck, I'll throw a topwater. I love topwater. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it'll, it'll be in the middle, middle of the heat, though. Though It'll be 100 degrees at 7 o'clock here. So, Right on. You know, you never know. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that like on Tuesday or Wednesday. Booster just said Booster can come to the house so we can all fish together. In fact, it'll be two on two. All right, we'll have a fishing competition. Well, you great. Want to, in all honesty, if somebody's in around Florida and they want to come join us, we Heck should just, yeah. just just come over, come over and see the two of us. That's right. So we'll we'll do something now. Tell me what you're most excited about going to ICAST to see. I want I want to know this because I'm I told you this earlier. I'm unbelievably jaded about uh, ICAST. Right. Right. Well, I absolutely love watching all of the coverage on YouTube and other places of all the new products. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be like a kid in a candy store. I'm, I'm just going w- to, I just want to see it all. I want to soak it all up. So I, I'm, uh, that's what I'm really pumped about is I am, look behind me, I'm a tackle junkie. Yes. And are. I got way more than this over in my tackle room. Uh, believe me, I, I love everything there is about fishing products and fishing tackle and anything new. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to be bouncing off the walls, man, to, to see all the new stuff and, uh, the mods to the old stuff as well. So that's what I'm most excited about without a doubt. Yes. I mean, I've, I've spent lots of times around the pros and that kind of stuff. So it's not like I, I, you know, great to see a lot of pro fishermen and stuff. Great. That's, I love meeting those guys and seeing those guys, but I've been doing that for years anyway, but to do something like this, to see brand new products that have not hit the market and they do a pretty good job of keeping them secret until I cast, you know, well, you've seen a couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Same sort of thing, though. I mean, you guys are working pretty hard Hold to keep, on. keep your stuff. There was some of them, right? <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. It's part of the, uh, you know, and I'm really into kayak fishing, so I, I can't wait to see the new kayaks and the new, I mean, there's so much going on in that world right now, the kayak world. Uh, should be pretty exciting. You know, when they roll out a brand new bass boat, there's only so much they can really do. They try to uh, pull off the curtain and say, look at this amazing new bass mode. It's unbelievable. And it's the same old thing that was last year. They might have a couple of little, we've got this new day box up here that doesn't have a lock. Look at that. I mean, you know, but the kayak world is changing. It is, it's, it's like computer chip technology. I mean, it's just a crazy how much it's changing. So that'll yeah. be really exciting to see as well. So John said... Steve. Booster says, watch for the Lunker Hunt flying nut squirrel lure. That's, that was what made yeah. me laugh. <laughs> I got to see that thing, man. John said, Steve, you mentioned that I I didn't want to go to ICAST. I don't think it was ICAST. I wasn't going to do Bassmaster Elite stuff. 
And there's a lot of semantic behind that, a lot of baloney. But iCast I'll probably always go to only because it's in my backyard. And uh, really, my experience at iCast is going to be drastic. I can't wait to see your experience at iCast, to be honest. Uh, because, like, like right now, we're six weeks away. I know what's happening almost every hour of my day during those three days of iCast. Almost. I know what I have every night. I have sponsor stuff that I have to attend. Mm -hmm. There is, uh, I'm going to be doing some lure demonstrations for Patrick on uh, some, I, I, I don't think I can get, I don't think I'll get in trouble, but I'll, I'll show you on some new stuff that he has. It looks something like that. Um, this is called the loader crank. Mm. So I'm going to be doing, this is uh, one of my test uh, lures that was went into paint. And I have one of the final ones, the deep divers right there. Huh. Um, but I will be doing demonstrations on those at his at his lure tank. So I have that, and then there's there's dinners, which I think I'll, you'll probably get to go to a couple of the dinners with me. I'm just going to make you my date. Sweet. And um, and so there's a for me there's a lot. It's it's a lot of work for me. It's three days of not only trying to get the right interviews, but you know, seeing people that I've dealt with for 10 or 12 years and, and just rekindling the relationship so that if I do need something or if they need something that I am able to help them and they're able to help me. Um, I mean, even like the guys from, um, I talked to you about this the other day. I don't know his name and I was trying to look it up. The guys from, um, that are doing the major league fishing champions club box. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Reached out and he, they want to have a lunch or a dinner. And uh, I had to decline it already. I told them, well, we could probably do lunch. Can we do dinner? Dinners are already completely booked because mm-hmm. um, it just it's just how it is. There's a party that Taco mm-hmm. Webs is putting out. Um, and there's there's a, just a whole bunch of stuff. So, you know, it's 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 for me, it's it's a lot of work. It really is a lot of work. Yeah, and I I'm I hope you come can come down here and enjoy it, and then meet the right people that'll help your channel grow, and you can give you can show everybody what this is. All right, you need to answer this question. Okay, as Miss Rev knows, I've been busy and haven't been on. What company is Steve repping on his cap, and who makes those new crankbaits? So the cap is from. A company that I own a portion of, Tacklewebs. Um, it, it's a, a gear storage for like Velcro, but we have a new line of of uh, stuff coming out. In fact, hold on, I can show this now. I couldn't show this last week. We have new white bags. Ah, so these are the bags. This one's one we can put out anywhere, but we also have ones that are Velcro. Or what they call hook and loop. So I am part owner of that company, and so I do all the stuff. The crankbaits, these crankbaits. This is here's all the colors actually. This is actually how colors come into reps. So the crankbaits are the new crankbaits from Patrick Sabil. These ones don't have any um, 
bills to them. These are just what the new colors are going to look like. So we get them, and this is how they look. So there's the that's the loader minnow right there, and then this is the loader crank, and they're going to be in six colors. And this is the color I told them they should have. Doesn't nice. really come up that well in here, but um, so yeah, this is uh, from Engage or a band of anglers, I think one of the two. Um, but they're new. They're a new crankbait that we've been working, or Patrick's been working on for like three years. So, like the ones you saw earlier, I think I can pull those. Where are those? You can't really notice it on this one. This is a. Uh, I can tell you the hooks are really sharp because there I got again. I'm just gonna leave it like that. This is one of the, uh, the first painted ones that are, uh, they send for us to test, and you can see. I don't know if you can see on there. Uh, yeah, you can there. See the number? Yeah. So we get the number, and this will tell us where the line feed is and how far it is. There's a number between it. So ah. in this case, this is a, a finished product, one of the loader minnow. I don't know. Yeah, you can see it better if you put your hand up. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is the, the shallow water one. You can see the bill isn't as long. See here? Yeah. yeah. Compared to this one that has the super bill, mm -hmm. crazy. So there's a deep diver, and then there's a one another one. So there's, and and they come in boxes like this of all things. So there's, uh, those are the new ones that Patrick has been working on for a couple of years, and there's a couple other ones coming out, but I just don't have my samples yet. So there's, that's that's how they uh, they come, and it, it and someone Matthew asked, it's a it is a metal lip, and the reason behind a metal lip is he can make it thinner. And the thinner diameter of the metal of the lip actually gives the bait more action. So that's why he has a metal lip and then it goes, it, it welds in two spots. So uh, there's that. And there's a, a water bill jig that he's been built, uh, that he's done for a couple of years. So we'll see those ones too. Cause I know I can't get in trouble cause I, I did a press release for him just today. So, uh, so there, there, you'll see a lot of new stuff. There's a, a lot of really, fantastic stuff but there'll be a lot of crap too i mean yeah you, you, i to be honest someone wrote that thing about lunker hunt i wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't come out I'm, i would not be surprised <laughs> sweet well it should be exciting it should be fun so you have that and you'll be able to meet a lot of people and that's where i think you're i think you'll be i think that's where you'll benefit the most is meeting right people right on and Hank is Hank is going to the tackle webs party as is. Cool, I, I've got him in. He, I think Hank wants to go to the TTI Blakemore one though. A little bit different. I I I, I have a, a Randy Howell date that night already. I think. <laughs> uh, cool. So what else? What else is happening in the last few minutes? Oh, yeah, Johnny will be there, too, so it'll be good. Well, what, is, what else is happening? Can we talk about the one thing that we said we were going to talk about three weeks ago? Which one thing is that? Alex Rodriguez. Oh, geez. You had to bring that up. <laughs> I, I have to bring it up. <laughs> I have to bring it up. Oh, man. 
This show is really going downhill. <laughs> Did anyone know that Alex Rodriguez has a man makeup now? I mean, is this the craziest thing you've ever heard in your life? Jeez. Is this guy a man? Wasn't he supposed to get married to, like, Jennifer Lopez? Yeah. And, and now he's got a makeup? Yeah. Is that crazy or what? I, 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 have, a hard, I have a hard time just cutting my hair. That's one thing men should not have to do. We should not have to wear makeup, men makeup. Yeah, makeup for men. Uh, I think our... Should we take his man card away? I think uh, our audience here is probably going to be all over that. Uh, Alex Rodriguez beauty line says a lot about the rise of men's makeup. Jeez, Louise. <clears throat> I, from Major League professional baseball player. Hold on, hold on. John Smith says makeup is a huge industry. He is cashing in. Is makeup a huge industry for men? All right, so there's you've got like this, he's got like this blur stick that has eight different shades. Him, it's called Hems. Hems and A-Rod's blur stick. It's called oh my Hems. Goodness. <laughs> blur stick. Oh my gosh, Is it really man. Hems? Is it really called Hems? Yeah, him, it says, uh, I'm looking it up here. All eight shades, Hems and A-Rod's blur stick. This is a man that was one of the highest paid baseball players of all time. And now he's selling makeup. What here's, has our society come to? Here's another product. War paint for men. Tinted moisturizer. Great for hydrating your skin while evening out. Well, while evening out your skin tone. I have never thought about hydrating my skin. I worry you about need just to, washing. You need to even out your skin tone, man. Come on. I, I In all honesty, I should even out. Look at the, look at the sunburn I'm dealing with. Yeah. I look red. Well, heck, I mean, that's what a beard's for. Just cover all, all, just cover all, all that red and orange. Cover all that crap up. You're but, right, man. I, it's like I was watching a dude the other day that shaves his head on a, he's doing a video and he was talking about his shaved head and he was like, do you know, I have eliminated like four major decisions completely from my life just by shaving my head. I don't have to worry about what kind of shampoo to buy. I don't have to worry about what kind of conditioner. I don't have to worry about a blow dryer or a hairbrush. Uh, it's amazing. I don't have to worry about when I'm going to get my hair cut, hairstyles. It, it's amazing how much it simplifies your life. When I was in the army, we had shaved heads. And I got to tell you, I absolutely loved it. But I got the weirdest shaped head, man. I, I couldn't couldn't go through with that. But it is so awesome not to have to comb your hair. Have you seen the size of this face? If I were to be shave my head, I would look like a freaking bowling ball. Well, an oversized shave head, melon. Shave your head and then slather it up with this uh, stuff that uh, A Rod's selling, and you're gonna look beautiful. So I can, I can, I'll be brutally honest here. I have never thought about shampoo in my whole life. <laughs> I, just, I just go by the store, and whatever is on the aisle at my eye height is what I take. I don't know what brand it is. I don't know what smell it is. I just grab it and throw it into the thing. I have. I don't worry about that at all. 
That's my, that's my wife. Okay, I was gonna say perfect. 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 Thank you. She is she is on arod.com's healthy stuff yeah. right now. Yeah, she's on there. Oh my Go god. Ahead. Heather, if you buy this, I will pay you back and make him wear it. I will pay you for that. Uh, here, here you go. I like Clint's suggestion. Chartreuse. Yes. I want I mean, some sort of a chartreuse foundation. Yes. You know, I, I just, I I saw this on, on, on the news thing and I thought to myself, I remember looking up to this guy as a, a baseball player and going, this is, a, this guy is un, uh, unbelievable. In fact, Mike, who owns Tackle Webs, played ball with A-Rod down in Miami. Really? And now he's selling makeup. I mean, where I really, this is true. This I'm being honest. Where is that? Where have we gone as men that we are worried about makeup? Oh my goodness. I, I hey, honestly, I said I, it earlier. He ha, should have his man card taken away. This is why I love the fishing community because at least we're still on the same wavelength here. We all pretty much agree uh, he's not going to make a rod's not going to make much money off of us. You know, he better not. Uh, yeah. W we're going to have to start, uh, I guess, filtering out, uh, some of our viewers. If, if we start getting viewers that are into a rod makeup, it's got to stop. <laughs> you got to put your wife's last comment on, by the way. I tried to moisturize his face for a few consecutive days, and you would think I'd literally lathered voice. <laughs> uh, you're not kidding, the, man. I, I was like, I do not need any crap on my face. Forget it. Hair, got, hair got, is good. It's perfect. I got the worst burn last Thursday being out on the boat with Patrick. I mean, I got the worst burn. I came home, and, and literally, Sonia was like, you need to put moisturizer. I'm like, don't touch me. I, don't, don't touch me with anything. But uh, yeah, I, I get I, it. I get it. I totally I'm, agree with you, man. I'm questioning his sexuality. That's the God's honest truth. I'm not sure which way. It's to each his own, but I'm questioning A-Rod's sexuality right now. <coughs> not that there's anything wrong with it, but I'm just saying. That's a wrap, guys. <laughs> Holy cow. This 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 show started out really, really well, and it is just nosedive. It's a rod. Oh, yeah, you screwed uh, baseball up. You screwed up our podcast. <laughs> he definitely has. He definitely has. Wow. Okay. That's for sure. Just saying, Heather. Just saying. All right. Okay. Well. It's been a show. Yep. I have my 6,000 video that'll go up tomorrow. Congratulations, man. That's I a Yeah, right on. on. Woo. I have 30 packages of lures. I think over $1,500 of lures I'm going to give away. Wow. Better be a subscriber. Yep. That's Better the only subscribe way to Subscribe to that Get Your Fish On channel. He's giving away big stuff. <laughs> Jenner, now A-Rod. <laughs> okay texas huntsman you win yes you for win. sure best comment of the night maybe change his name to no rod oh james <laughs> just took it over the top <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to congrats on six thousand subs yes.
Steve, congratulations. CVS for makeup. Oh, I love my life already. Oh, man, dude. (laughs) All right. We got to stop while we're still. While we're ahead. Before we get canceled. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Get your fish on. What do you say, Steve? Get a kid fishing. Is that your line? What do I? Oh, take a kid fishing. Get your fish on. We will see you soon. I, I, I almost. I, I'm. I've got a rod on the head now. I'm. I head have no on. idea what my sign off is. As a rod would say, adios. <laughs> We're ending in three, two, one. Goodbye. Later.